So to start off, um, would you mind just telling me who you are um, when you were at Oberlin and what you did and now um, what you do now? So my name is Oliver Bach. I was at Oberlin. I graduated in 2017. So I guess I got there in fall of 2013. Uh, in terms of the review, I was a news editor. Um, my well, I, I wrote for the review starting my my sophomore fall, and then I was a news editor sophomore spring, and then junior fall, and then senior senior fall, and then I was editor in chief for my last semester. So that was kind of my review experience um, and my experience doing journalism at Oberlin, I guess. Thanks. And then um, after Oberlin, where, where's your path taken you? And I, I know you haven't graduated all that long ago, but. Right, so yeah, so after Oberlin, so like a lot of people, I guess, senior spring, I didn't really know what to do. Yeah. So I. <laughs> that's yeah. good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably most people. Um, I, you know, was crawling through journalismjobs.com. I saw a listing for the Ketchikan Daily News uh, in Ketchikan, Alaska, um, a listing for to be a wire editor. And at that point in my life, moving to Alaska seemed like a pretty great idea. So I did. So nice. I got the job. I took the job. Um, I had a really great, I was there for a year. Um, it was, it was a really nice year. Um, Ketchikan is, it's a, uh, it's a small town. It's, it's like 11,000 people during the summer. It's 9,000 people during the winter. It's, it's one of the rainiest places in the whole U S. Um, and it's on an Island. So it was very isolated and it did always rain, but it is also beautiful. And the people there are really nice. And my life was kind of, it was very stress-free. Um, I guess I kind of knew going into it that I was, you know, not to, <laughs> not to, uh, you know, crap on journalism, but I guess I, I already knew, I think before I graduated, I already kind of was starting to maybe think about other careers aside from journalism, mm -hmm. just because I, you know, I like writing, um, but it's not necessarily, you know, so some people love writing and they need to make it their, their profession. And I never really felt that way. Um, so, but I, I, I do, I did really like the novelty, you know, you know, the, the excitement of journalism and like talking to all these people and, and, and the way it really felt important. Um, but at least when I was starting to graduate, I was like, well, I think this would be, you know, something I want to pursue, but maybe, maybe not something I want to do super long-term, especially with how much of a rat race it is. I feel like if you, you have to really love it, I think. Um, but anyways, so that, so basically the job was as a wire editor, right? So I wasn't, um, I wasn't really writing. I was basically doing page layout and also picking the, uh, uh, the Associated Press um, and Washington Post stories, basically all the stories that weren't local stories. Uh, so that was my job in Alaska. Um, and it was really, it was really pretty fun. I pretty much just read news articles all day. That sounds um, great. Yeah, no, it was, it was a nice job. It was a nice job. It's a job that really doesn't exist. 
yeah. in many places. Like most local news, right, is it's all conglomerates. And then like they have some office somewhere in Texas where they have some poor person who lays out like 20 newspapers a day, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's how mm-hmm. it generally works. And it just was, it's a completely anomalous place and job, but it was, it was, it was fun. Um, but I decided, you know, when I was there, I guess the, the other kind of thing I've been thinking about doing for a while was um, going to law school and specifically, you know, to go be a public defender. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I applied to law school from Alaska and now I'm at Georgetown law in DC. Yeah. And wow. that's pretty much, yeah. And I've, so I've been there. So I'm in my second year there and that's pretty much what I've done since Oberlin. Nice. That's great. That's, that's really cool to hear, but yeah, it's always good, especially as I'm, you know, in my senior year, it's always good to hear that there's, you know, hope after, after Oberlin, regardless of what direction it takes you. But Yeah, definitely. <laughs> huh. yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm interested because um, I'm sort of involved with various different journalism things at Oberlin, um, I think to more or less extent, depending on the, depending on the source. Um, but how did being at Oberlin and being involved with like student journalism and student publications inform your student experience? And then how has it sort of continued to shape how you think about your like college experience and your post-grad experience since then or maybe it hasn't I don't know so I mean in terms of how it shaped my student experience I mean in large part it it really was my student experience I mean Mm -hmm. just in terms of the amount of effort I poured into it was probably a significantly more than I effort I paid to my classes in a lot of a lot of times (laughs) um and and uh and yeah, I mean, I, I really loved it. Um, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of an ego thing, but it also, it just feels really nice to to be doing something that, you know, you feel, you know, is really, people, people care about it, right? And you're doing a service to the community and, you know, you see people uh, in Stevie and they're reading an article and you wrote the article or you edited the article, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, it feels good, right? And it's, um, you know, and it was a great camaraderie and great community in the basement. Um, and yeah, it was just really fun just working with people. And it was always, it was always a challenge, um, but it was always super fun. And I, you know, and I also think, you know, Oberlin, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> as a place is dysfunctional in a lot of ways, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, not, you know, I mean that in, in good humor, but I think, <laughs> I think uh, it is dysfunctional in a lot of places, in a lot of, in a lot of ways, but that makes it a, a pretty fun place to be a journalist, I think, because, you know, there's a lot to talk about. And, um, and it certainly seemed like every semester I was there, you know, some, some crazy story happened, uh, which, which was really great, you know, and from, from my perspective. Yeah, no, definitely. Huh. That's, that's interesting. Have you um, continued to sort of like stay engaged with Oberlin News or um other things going on campus how has your relationship with like the news changed now that you're an alum yeah i haven't really been following that closely which is fine (laughs) yeah i sometimes you know um i was looking at the reviews website just now and and it looked really solid in terms of all the stories and stuff but um but i haven't really been been paying that close attention you know aside from you know the gibson's lawsuit and Mm -hmm. um 
I don't know. I guess every once in a while I look at the reviews website, but it's not, it's not, not, not something that I'm super, super in touch with. So I don't know what's going on now, but I, but <laughs> you know, there's certain things that I, I, I expect are, you know, the, the basic structural situation of the college, I'm sure is exactly the same as when I left. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, has anything, <laughs> is there anything you think has radically changed since, since 2017? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess just from my perspective, I think like Ambar has introduced like a, uh, a shift and sort of the financial realities, but it might also have just been that I've sort of become more aware of like what's going on and like currents like you were talking about within the college. Um, right. So, yeah, so I think it's hard for me to say. Right. As, right. Well, it is, it is, I'm, there's a lot of, a lot of administrators who. Yeah, there's been like a lot of turnover. Right. So, so I guess, yeah, I guess in that sense, if you're dealing with kind of a new regime, I, I haven't really been paying attention to what they've done, so I can't really say yeah. anything about um, how that would contrast with Krizlov, um and his people, but yeah. yeah. Huh. Do you have any thoughts about um, sort of re reflecting on what like working for the review is like and being a student journalist, um, like things that you would have liked to have changed, would have done differently? Especially one thing that is coming up potentially is I think on um, Wednesday this week, um, the Educational Policy and Plans Committee is voting on potentially passing um, like a resolution to make a journalism concentration. Right. Yeah, no, I know. I just saw that on the website. I mean, cool. I think, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I think that's a great idea um, to have, you know, just more support in general. I mean, I will. We'll say I do think it is something that you really do learn best by by doing, you know, by really getting out there and doing it. Yeah. At the same time, I feel like having, you know, like the more high quality feedback you can get, right, the better just for learning anything. And I feel like um, I guess sometimes, you know, like once you're a news editor, right, like you get feedback from the editors in chief. Uh, but you know, the editors in chief are saying how to do all this too. Right. So I guess, I guess the, the, the big advantage, um, for having like a program is, you know, um, is, is just providing more high quality, high quality feedback and stuff. But I still think the focus should be, I think on, you know, really getting out there and doing stuff. Cause I, I just feel like that's how you really learn how to do, how to do journalism. I mean, um, what else uh, was that your question <laughs> what else yeah you yeah that's great that question? <laughs> no no that's that's excellent um huh, very good any any other thoughts about just sort of in general um what it was like being a journalist like working in alaska versus working oberlin do you think you know doing like student journalism at oberlin is like meaningful or at all like representative of what it's like outside of the bubble no, I think it's, I think it's super meaningful. I think it's definitely, um, I mean, is it representative? <laughs> um, I mean, in a sense, it's to the extent that it's not representative, it's, it's, it's because you have like more time to actually spend on your articles than you do in the, in the real world, I think, um, where there's, you know, I mean, like, I mean, I think that's something that, you know, I've talked to other people who are former review who are still, you know, who, who are doing journalism and that's what they say. It's like, you know, it's, 
you know, a lot of times you're, in, you're on, under a serious time crunch where sometimes for the review, you would have a few days to really work on stories. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, the other thing about the review, I mean, I, I, I really appreciated being able to do, you know, really dig into some of those, um, those kind of stories about the institution and, and stories about, you know, the long-term planning and the, and the kind of general sense of, um, you know, anxiety about the whole financial, th- you know, the, all the financial stuff. And, and I, I really enjoyed um, reporting on that and really talking to, you know, my, my, my favorite stories were, again, kind of a sign, I think, of, of a little bit of the dysfunction at the school. But, you know, my favorite stories were the ones that you would talk to people um, you know, you would talk to one group of people and get one account of what happened. Then you'd talk to another group of people and get a wildly different portrayal of the situation. Um, and uh, and I think that was fun to me. And it also meant that, you know, the story I was writing was an important one or one that, um, you know, <laughs> at least if these people weren't talking to each other, at least they could pick up the review and, and see what the other person said, you know? And uh, yeah, that felt good. And um yeah, I guess, you know, and I, I'm really happy that I did it, even though I'm not, you know, pursuing that as a career. I feel like it's definitely good training in terms of um, really buckling down and, you know, working with other people to get a really, you know, big project done every week. I just feel like, I mean, in any job, that's that's what you're doing, essentially. That's what we did at the review. And, uh, and also, you know, learning to do interviews and congest a lot of information i mean and this i mean all that stuff is stuff that you're gonna do in like any job um and yeah no i and it's and i think it's serves a real it's definitely really important for the review to be good and i'm glad from you know what i can see there's still a lot of energy there and and the quality is is really high and i'm happy about that yeah that's that's great sounds good well i think we'll probably wrap up pretty soon any last thoughts or anecdotes you want to share from when you were on staff, I think your photo still graces the the basement in Burton. My photo still there? Oh, oh, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I just hope you know. Um, yeah, I'm just happy that uh, you know there's there's a lot of energy um, around doing journalism at Oberlin. I mean, I guess I guess one thing. I mean, I think that definitely changed over the course of time that I was there, um, in the sense that. You know, I think I was I was a part of a cohort that that really cared about about making the review as good as possible. Not not that previous people didn't, but the people who were you know, a year or two above me, and then people who you know, and and and, and people people in my year. I think we really um, kind of turned it around because I think there was a low point, you know, when I was a first year or before the year before mm. with the review, and and it seems like it's it seems like it's, you know, still doing really well. And I'm really happy about that. And I, like I said, you know, I think it's super important for the school. Uh, and it's super important. You know, it's, it's definitely the core of my experience. And yeah, I hope that keeps, keeps going. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, thank you so much. Um, and thank you for all the, the work you did when you were here and sort of, you know, guiding future, future students along. So Oliver Bach, thank you so much. Yeah. All right. No problem. See you. Would you mind just telling me um, 
who you are and what you did at Oberlin and what you've uh, been up to since you graduated. Um, I'm Daniel Marcus. I uh, was a audio nerd at Oberlin. Um, I was a Tamara major and I did podcasting with you. We started the weekly together. Yes, Once we did. Upon a dream. And um, <clears throat> since I graduated, I have been traveling all over Europe and looking for jobs. That's and great. I made an album with my friend. Yes, congrats on the album. Yes, yes, it was, it was very fun. We got to be in Nashville. I, tr I had hot chicken and almost cried from how hot it was. And I got like the, I think I got the mild version. Well, yeah, it was, it was spicy. All right, well, that's, that's impressive. But uh, <laughs> at least you survived, so. That's... Yes. <clears throat> All right. Um, well, I guess I'm curious about sort of in general how journalism and audio nerdness in general played a role in your time at Oberlin and how that sort of influenced your, your time postgrad. I know it's like pretty recent, so it's, yeah, it's a, it may be tough to do like a, a reflection, you know, but it's, it, it was kind of weird actually because both my journalism and my eventual podcasting habit were like accidental offshoots of me doing music <clears throat> because I was doing music and then I wanted to try writing about music so I wrote a couple articles for the Overland Review because um, they were desperate um, <laughs> and then from there became arts editor um which was also an accident like i almost didn't apply i was very close to just saying screw it i'm not going to do this but i did and then i got that job and then became managing editor and then i was also getting very serious about tomorrow and then i was like well let's make a podcast um but everything was sort of an accident that stemmed from music. And in that way, I think it was, it had a good impact because I got to do things that I never would have intended to do or thought that I would have done. Um, I lost a lot of sleep over those things too, but that's in the past now. So we can look back on it with, with positive energy. <laughs> huh. it, that's interesting because Oberlin is like very much a music school. And I think sort of more undercover, a journalism school. Do you think oh. that's sort of like a commonality that other people come to it that way? Is there like overlap? No, I mean... Or you're the, you're the unicorn. I don't, know, I don't know a lot of people who got into it, into it. I mean, there are some people who, whether or not they're affiliated with Oberlin's journalism community, have gotten sort of mixed up in journalism by way of music. Like I know... Um, someone named Hannah Chopa who is a violinist in the conservatory and also has covered some classical concerts in Cleveland for this blog called Cleveland Classical and, and stuff like that. But the, the thing about music school is that it's very focused on music. That's what it's, that's the point. 
you know? Uh, and so, and that's not, I mean, that's not to say that it's a detriment, but it's true that I would say in my experience, many of the people in the conservatory are really laser focused on becoming professional musicians. And many people in the college side just sort of have this, ah, what am I doing? I don't know. Yeah. Say it again for me. That's my, that's my senior plan. So. Oh, you're, you're going to do fine. You're going to be great. Huh. Okay. But, but yeah. yeah. Do you do you think um have you sort of have you kept up with Oberlin news since you've graduated or do you expect to sort of into the future? Uh I have mostly kept up with Oberlin news, I would say. Um <clears throat> I am an unfortunate member of the uncensored alumni Facebook group which forces me to consume more news than I would care to probably. Um, but, and I, I would say that, yes, I probably will try to keep up with Oberlin news going forward into the future because I don't know it. When a place leaves an indelible mark on you, you don't just sort of leave and forget about it. Like there's a giant, uh, like, um, brand on my chest that just says Oberlin College Learning and Labor. It sounds painful. Uh, and, right, <laughs> exactly. It was to an extent, but, but it also, I mean, every part of what I do and how I think and um, who I am in many ways was somewhat violently reshaped by Oberlin for the better. And so I would have to... Um, Did I just cut out for a second or am I good? You're good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would, I would have, I, I, I think it would be a little bit absurd if I didn't keep up with the goings on in a way. Do you think in general that's sort of a commonality amongst the alumni community? I'm, I feel like I'm not engaged and I'm not on the Facebook page and things like that. Do you think that the Oberlin alumni generally sort of keep in touch with Oberlin through news and through like student sources or is it? I would say they're, I would say that there is a very, very small minority of alumni who are really, really glued to their screens following every development about Oberlin. I mean, most of the, most of the major news these days, I think it would be fair to say, relates to the lawsuit. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, if Oberlin's building a new building or something, that's great. But, it, but as far as I can tell, that has not happened. And most of the major recent developments have surrounded you know the one Oberlin plan and the the lawsuit and so there are a very small group of alumni who really focus on that stuff and pick it apart and dissect it and drive themselves crazy and others um, but I don't get the sense that that's what most alumni are doing I think I think if I told I think if you pulled any random Oberlin alumni off the street and said, hey, when was the last time you read about Oberlin News? They would probably say either A, it's been years, or B, I heard about something in the New York Times, and that's all I remember. Hmm. What was that sushi thing again? Like, they would yeah. say that. Like, wasn't there a sushi controversy? And then you put your head in your hands and groan. Yes, yes. Huh. Do you think um, the, the ways that... Um, 
you or I guess yeah let's let's reframe this I think how how do you think that you've thought um or sort of pictured Oberlin journalism since you've left do you still sort of have the same um I don't know if you ever had respect but I mean I assume you had some sort of respect for like you know the review or WBC or other you know the grape things like that or is yeah. being in the real world you know taught you about the fallacy of you know student journalism no i i think um i think looking back on it i have a mixture of pride and respect and also comedy about it because on the one hand like i mean i was in the editor's chair when we found out about the budget deficit for the first time and when we found out about the lawsuit for the first time and those are two moments that i would point you to and say or anyone um, i actually talked about this in a job interview like we were doing serious work like we were reading a lawsuit like that was our job and it was our job and we did it well and we um i think we turned a small scrappy paper that was often neglected and uncared about into a serious operation um where our reporting was vital to people um same thing with our 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 podcast too i mean the weekly on one hand was also was a scrappy little mess of a show where we recorded in the WOBC DJ booth on a terrible mic on a broken recorder that made everything sound horrible but even though that was even though the sound of it was oftentimes not good the i had a lot of people say to me i never really understood what was going on with the budget until i listened to that so but then there are also moments where you look at it and feel like it's ridiculous or disappointed like there were there have been a lot of good pieces of reporting across the different publications that i've seen that have been undermined by in my opinion a lack of like seriousness um which is hard i mean granted it's hard to do that because we're all students we've got lives and you know it's crazy but but like for example one one piece that comes to mind is there was this piece about shoplifting in the grape which i think had the chance to be a really really serious piece of reporting and turned out a little too lighthearted um things like that so you know a mixture a mixture of pride and also uh sort of comedic disappointment Mm -hmm. with that in mind do you have any sort of ideas or visions that you would have liked to see or might still exist for how journalism can work on Oberlin's campus? 
do I have any visions for how journalism could work on Overland's campus? Um, I mean, a journalism concentration would be a start. Um, I think uh, better pay for the students who are doing this work would be a start. It's not going to happen, but um, I also think that um WOBC has a very underutilized sort of role in the world right now um and also the Tamara department has a very underutilized role in the world right now as far as Evelyn is concerned because more than i think like if you were to graduate from Oberlin as i have done and um, walk out and try to get a job in journalism, assuming that you were well-qualified, the easiest one for you to get would be something that's in radio or audio. There's more jobs there than there are jobs as editors, fact-checkers, those types of things. You know, the people who have jobs in journalism and didn't go to grad school are more than likely either a old or B do something related to audio. Um, and same is true with, with video, um, multimedia. I think, I think there needs to be more of a focus on multimedia, um, because that's where the world is, is and will continue to be um and it's hard for the review because it's already so and probably the grave to an extent they're already so strapped you know a a multimedia unit is a is a whole new unit of people um and you need just as many for print as you would need for uh audio and video i mean we the work that we did on the weekly was mostly a function of our scrappiness and not a function of uh any like appropriate amount of staffing or time to do things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely well um with that in mind i think i'm i'm probably gonna wrap things up we could we could talk about this all day daniel it was yes we could any any concluding thoughts um, I would say that everybody can and should learn how to use a microphone and a video camera. Um, the internet is a wonderful place for learning things. That's where I learned 90% of what I know is trying stuff that I read on the internet. So everyone should do that. And I will be in Oberlin in a little less than two weeks. So we should right. get together. That sounds great. Thank All you right, so buddy. much, Daniel Marcus. It was a pleasure. No problem. Have a good night, bud. Yeah, yeah. Would you mind just telling me who you are um, when you were at Oberlin and what you're doing there? Yeah. Um, so I'm Melissa Harris. I was at Oberlin between 2014 and 2018, and I studied English and history. Um, I started writing for the review as 
a staff writer in the news section um, my first semester on campus. Um, and then I later became a um, production editor the fall of my junior year, which was 2016, that fall. Um, I was news editor in the spring of 2017, and then editor-in-chief my senior year, which was fall 2017 through spring 2018. What, what a career. What a career, yeah. Um, so now I'm in Washington, D.C. I moved here uh, this early in the spring, yeah, beginning of March of 2019. Um, and I started working for a newswire called um, on a website called Meritalk, and I was writing about government IT, specifically in the federal government sphere. And um, now I'm doing the same thing at an organization called um, Government CIO Media. And I just started here at the beginning of October. It's been a little bit of a whirlwind, but I really enjoyed my job. And yeah. That's great. That sounds very good. It's always helpful to like hear about people who've graduated and are doing cool things, especially in journalism. Um, so I think, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I don't know entirely what I'm going to do post-grad. Um, but I'm interested to know how your like experience on the review informed what you're doing now and sort of, you know, led the way, or if you were like, oh, I never want to do something like the re review again, I want to do something else a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I like to say that I triple majored in the review because it was like a, just as much of my time as it was, um, my, or I spent as much time at the paper as I did. Um, academically, um, especially toward the last two years of my time in college. Um, yes, certain basement still misses you. Yes, <laughs> I miss it too. Um, but I think that I developed my sense of what I wanted to do after college at the review. Um, I feel like my other majors sort of just expanded my like brain muscles and worked it out but um the review really gave me my sense of purpose after college um and i was even freelancing for a local paper back at home after i immediately graduated uh, this was in new jersey it was um a publication called uh new jersey hills media and they owned a bunch of local sort of weekly papers in the northern jersey area um, so I was doing similar things as I was at the review, like covering um, city council meetings, um, school board meetings. Um, so I really liked the, the sort of local paper values that the review gave me, um, learning how to build connections and to um, stay in touch with people, do interviews, write paper articles it's sort of just like a learning by doing thing um and it was really helpful to have the review on campus for people who wanted to be journalists because there wasn't really at the time an outlet to do journalism unless you sort of just dove head first into like a student publication um i did take um the fall of my sophomore year a journalism basics class taught by fred Protzman 
who is still like one of the most important people <laughs> probably for my Oberlin career just because um, he gave me the academic foundations that I mean of all things that were available on campus to really like learn in a formal and what journalism is. Totally. Yeah, that sounds great. Huh. Very, very interesting to sort of think about how everything you did at the review informs things after that. How how do you think um your sort of understanding or uh, reflections on like Oberlin campus journalism has changed now that you're have some distance from it? Yeah, um I still think that like participating in the review and just writing and doing journalism while at school, even if you're sort of afraid to do it and I know that Oberlin currently still doesn't have a journalism program, but like college is a perfect opportunity to experiment in it and to sort of like not be afraid to fail at writing an article. Like no one's going to like, I still look back at my first few articles at the reviewing cringe real hard, even though it was really like proud of it at the time. Um, but you have to start somewhere. So I think that, um, yeah, I might've not been, the proudest of some of the stuff I wrote at the review, but it's also like those were some of the first things that got me into journalism and not being afraid to participate in it, I think um, really helps you at least find your way if you do want to be a writer in a journalistic sense. Hmm. What, do you, what do you think about the idea of having a journalism concentration at Oberlin? Uh, I'm a I'm big in favor of it. Um, when I was on the editorial board as editor-in-chief of the review, I wrote an editorial um, as the school was about to undergo its um, external review process, saying that it would be great if Oberlin had more programs that sort of connected the dots between liberal arts education and tangible post-grad career pathways. Um, I think that a lot of parents and um, students who are looking into colleges, especially with the price tag of college these days, want to make sure that the education you're investing in will lead to actual careers after college. And I strongly believe that a liberal arts degree is capable of doing that. But I think that, you know, creating the pathways for people to um, bridge the values of liberal arts education and careers is really important um, and things like journalism where it is a learning by doing process um, definitely I think need the space for people to be able to do it and um, doing things like working for the review um, where it's a huge time commitment um, on top of college classes um, can make journalism really inaccessible for some students um, you don't get paid for it when you're on campus unless you're um, a paid member of the staff. Um, so if you need to work your way through college, it's not very accessible if you want to start writing. So I think that having a concentration can give people the opportunity to try it out academically and maybe learn the skills that you wouldn't necessarily know unless, you know, you've been doing it for however long. Mm -hmm. Are there things that you've really sort of like had to adjust to doing like being a journalist in like the quote unquote real world outside the bubble that you've, you know, 
had to figure out after Oberlin that you would have liked to have known or just you think it's like indicative of Oberlin and the review and other sort of campus journalism processes? Yeah, I've found that a lot of positions I've looked for, um, just like initially applying for jobs after college required a lot more technical skills. Um, because, you know, every college has its own publication that you can write for. Um, but lots of places will be like, oh, we would really like someone who knows how to produce audio or work a video camera. And having classes at Oberlin that would, you know, give me those skills before I graduated were things I wish were there. Because, you know, you could, you could work your way up to the top of the chain of the review, but ultimately it's like whatever you can make the most of it. Um, but I found like, um, I feel like once I got my foot in the door, um, it was a lot easier to navigate that world. It's just really hard getting out of college. There's always a bottleneck there um, where it's like, oh, you need five years of experience. And I'm like, how am I supposed to get five years of experience if no one will give it to me? <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, and I never expected to be reporting on government IT. I was very like social science and humanities focused in college. and um but the opportunity opened up and there was a big learning curve i feel like any advice to anyone going into anything after college journalistically it's like the beat you will be working on unless you happen to know it really well it's going to be really tough and you're going to have to like flex your brain muscles every day to learn the topic but like after six months something will click and suddenly you'll suddenly know the context of a lot of other things and you'll be like, oh wow, this like makes more sense. Am I an expert on IT? By no means no, but at least like I can sort of navigate the world I'm uh, reporting in, which is kind of nice. Yeah, totally. No, that sounds good. Hmm. Do you, um, I guess we talked about it previously a little bit, but do you keep up with Oberlin news or things on campus how do you sort of stay in the know about what's going on or are you like i'm i'm out of oberlin i don't really care about things as much as i, I did yeah it definitely depends i mean my life and like my career and all it makes it really hard to stay in touch with campus but i do fair. care about review a lot so um i do try to keep up tabs with what's going on so i'm still subscribed to um the newsletter, which I admit is like a really big way of reminding me that like news is still happening at Oberlin. Um, or I follow a lot of OBs who are still on campus on like social media. So when they share those stories, I will go read them. Um, so obviously things like the Gibson's trials and stuff like that have uh, persisted and sort of come up more frequently than other stories. Um, but I've been trying to follow uh, the review of the campus and where it's going with the recommendations made last year um, because that can change like the, the very structure of the school I knew. So um, keeping uh, my eye on things like that, um, I think are really important as someone who like went to Oberlin and spent four years of my life there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Sounds good. Well, I don't want to keep you too long but if there are other things you want to add or if you have any like fond memories of uh 
a favorite story you did or just like a, a memorable story you did that you think still sort of stands out? Um, one of my favorite stories to date was the um, students held a, a boycott of um, Bon Appetit, um, the dining management company at Oberlin. And I remember when I pitched the story, at the time, the group holding, um, oh God, Slack, Student Labor Action Coalition, they were holding the boycott and they had just started circulating the notice that you know, no students should go to the dining halls this lunch day. Um, and I think it was um, for May Day, which was, um, uh, I don't want to say this incorrectly, but it's like a workers' rights day where it celebrates workers and um, civil rights in the labor, labor sphere. Um, and so my editors at the time were like, oh, no one's going to go to that. Like, it's not going to take off because it was like a day away from when I pitched it. But I decided to go cover it anyway. And like the dining halls had less than half the typical amount of people were there. And I got to talk to the um, campus dining staff who, you know, um, were affected by Bon Appetit. And I got to hear about their stories and experiences. And these were people who had been there for just about alive in some cases. Um, so like as a human being, it impacted me just because the stories I heard were amazing, but also like the fact that I was able to produce a story like that, that sort of like the news broke and I had a sense that something was going to happen, but we didn't really know. It was sort of a shot in the dark and it was, it was a pretty cool moment. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I still have the copy somewhere at home of that paper. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's lovely. And it reminds me, I should definitely I thank, thank you, you know, just on a personal level, because I think um, I tend to sort of be interested in, in news and not necessarily dedicated in the same way. And so a lot of what I've learned about Oberlin and news and things has come from people like yourself and other, you know, awesome, like graduated journalists. So um, with that, uh, thank you so much, Melissa Harris. It was a pleasure to talk to you and uh, good to hear what you're up to. You as well. Yeah, sounds good.